D-S-N-Y. It's too hot outside. That's where we are all sitting inside podcasting on an otherwise gorgeous day because yay, air conditioning. <laughs> yes. Facts. Especially yeah. central. This weather is, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, have, you have central air? Yeah. Hashtag little slight flex. Slight flex. I know. Got... Oh, Josh, you don't. Ooh. Who in New York City has central air? Oh, yeah. You're I don't right. have a townhouse. That's why you can't live Yet. there. Yeah. Gotta speak into existence, right? Yeah. Knock on wood. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna get, yeah, I'm gonna get a townhouse. I'm gonna then I'm gonna leave you guys to this podcast yourselves. I got we're gonna, I, I got, we're gonna live in it with you. What do you mean? Exactly. Nah, That's nigga, you're, not, you're not you're not living in my townhouse. Not happening. Damn. You, like, first of all, you're gonna have a mad space. So is yeah. like like you won't be won't even know we're there. Also, it's like free babysitting, Josh. Thank take you. care of the kid. Okay, <laughs> fine. That's all right. Fine, fine. You got you gotta live in the basement with the 17 dogs I'm gonna adopt. Dogs? No, 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 no. I don't do no, dogs. No. We're not doing that. We're yeah. not. Then you're not living in my house. Josh, we're not white. Okay. So. Wow. We don't okay. do that. Hi, hi right. folks. Right. Th- this is and how are you going to tell the two POCs to live in the basement? Isn't that messed up? This is so racist. I'm going to come hang out with Josh, you. Josh, I, I expected better from you, Josh. <laughs> this is the abuse we sling at each other in Yankees Mets Express, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hi, it's Josh Kiyoshi and Lean. How's everybody doing? Yeah, now, yeah, I'm good, uh, man. Uh, oh, oh man! Another side effect, Kyoshi. Doesn't your apartment complex have a pool? It does. It does. Okay. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to, you know, <laughs> you want to make you guys even more jealous. No, she's but... staying humble. And, I, I and am, you know, I, you know, I'm just. But... And Lean might not have a pool, but you're on the North Shore Long Island, so you probably have like seventy you can visit if you just call and ask. Public so... pools are kind of gross, though. Yeah, maybe. Oh, oh no, no, I was, I was talking like, I, I, I was talking friends' pools. Maybe like one oh, of you. Yes. Guys, maybe one of these days we can do the podcast like poolside, you know. That you don't want that because because I'm yeah I'll enjoy it way too much and I'll probably have one too many pina coladas and. Oh, that'd be even better. We're gonna have that was gotta happen. We're gonna have you on a two drink minimum. I mean, I'm sorry, two, <laughs> a two drink, a two, damn it, a two drink max, two drink max, two drink max, okay. two drink, two drink minimum, seven drink max. <laughs> no, more like more like four because you can't you can't be too drunk. Can't be like. Hey, it's Josh from. Can't get too little. I guess. Like, no, Josh, we can't have that. No. Uh, speak, need, speaking sober of Josh. Sober is responsible, Josh. You responsible, Josh. Uh, speaking of drinking, if you look at the Mets schedule as of late, they've been playing well, but the last week or so, it's been that drunk roller coaster again. Hmm. I mean, they are one of the hottest teams in baseball. Somehow they're seven and three over their last 10. And um, still only five games above 500. Dude, that division is a hashtag joke. Failing I'm upwards sorry. into into success. I and kind that- of I want to uh, give some praise to Luis Rojas. Um, I think people dog him, including me, by the way, when the Mets aren't doing too well. And don't get me wrong, he is far, and I mean far from perfect. But he is doing a solid job right now. They have like 20 players on the aisle and he is keeping them in a winning mentality and he is able to rile his troops up. And it's very evident that they like playing for him. So shout out to him. Mets fans, like, congrats. This must be really nice to see. And Um, Lee, can I just add in one more thing? You know what I just found out? Mm. We have, well, the Mets have the best home schedule in the analyst at 15 and five wow. but oh but away you guys are 14 and 19 which is they're 14 and 19 away yeah which is actually wow. the best yeah actually yeah that's actually the best no actually the, no i'm sorry that's the most wins away from most wins most away wins in the analyst so yeah, it, yeah, yeah. The 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 NLEs, it, you're right, is a hot mess. Yeah, this is really. another testament to how bad that division is. Oh man. It's, yet, yet like the Yankees. Well, I mean, I know we're still talking about the Mets, but I'm saying like conversely, the Yankees are 32 and 19, which have 32 which and 29. Have a better record than the Mets, but we're six out of the games out of out of um out of first place. But again, back to the Mets. 
actually, really quick, I wanted to talk about yesterday's game and I just have a quick story. One of my coworkers had told me because he he's a better and he he often plays fantasy football, uh, fantasy football, fantasy baseball, and he mentioned that if the if the dew point is like above sixty five percent and it's like kind of like a hot day, then the ball is going to fly out, and that's exactly what happened in Minnesota. Well, not really Minnesota, but that's actually really what happened in Baltimore, where. The Mets started off really well. Pete Alonso yeah. started off with, with that two-run homer. Yeah. And then y'all just, like, did not hit again until uh, Pete Alonso hit his second home run in the ninth. Well, that's made a- the game 10-3. to three. And another just real quick thing is uh, the same co-worker had mentioned that Peterson, the guy who started uh, yesterday as of, because as we obviously we're recording this on June 9th, the, I think Peterson, who started yesterday, he uh, his hard contact rate is, I think he said it was like between 50 and 59%. So he knew to not take, to, to actually to take the Orioles to, or at least to, to take some of those players on the Orioles on his lineup. And they hit them all over, especially Galvis, um, I don't think Faye Mancini hit a home run, but I know Galvis. My, Michael Franco did. Michael Franco, thank you. Tim. So like like Josh, like you said, they're they're failing upwards. They really are. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at David Peterson, who's just Lee, correct me if I'm wrong. The man's a disaster. Let's just call it like it is. He's one in five. Well, um He's I one don't in five. just throwing that out there. I don't like David Peterson's weird. My dad and I were having like a talk about him yesterday. And like, I've told you guys about my dad, like insane pessimist about the Mets. And he was just like, Peterson, like he allows at least nine runs, like every time, whatever, whatever, all that good jazz. And I told him, I was like, this is like, the Mets are in a weird position with Peterson because he made his debut last year. Josh, you and I talked about him like countless times last season. He came in and surprised everyone. He was so good in his rookie season. And now like a sophomore slump is kind of an understatement. Honestly. The dude looks lost at the mound, but also like the Mets are in a crappy situation because who are you going to start? They have so many injuries. And it's just like, do you move Luke? go back to the rotation do you just give up on peterson i don't know the thing with peterson i'm looking at his fan graphs page right now i'm wondering if he kind of has what has like what domingo herman had in 2019 where yeah he's pitching really well but then you'll realize oh a lot of it is luck like for so peterson last year 3.44 era 4.52 fit this year mm-hmm. his uh, ERA is up to 6.32. His FIP is 4.91. Batting average on balls in play is 336. He walks more than four guys per nine innings. And yeah. here's the crazy part. He's a ground ball pitcher, but he does not give up soft contact. If you're going to be a ground ball guy, you have to like, yeah, you have to be a soft contact dude. And I'm looking at his numbers in that department, 10.8% career soft contact. Wow. So it's- it's also strange with Peterson. Um, like the the SNY crew was talking about it yesterday. His his changeup, uh, he has the lowest batting average against on his changeup. I think it's just like a little bit over a hundred, and he just like doesn't throw it. And I don't really understand why. Like that's been your best pitch, obviously, and hitters don't really hit it. Why are you not going to that more often? I mean, if Luis Severino's any indication, the changeup kind of like ups your risk of an arm injury. Because um, uh, here, you, you guys keep talking. I'm gonna run and actually get a baseball and actually show like what a changeup does. Hold on. I mean, keep yeah, talking. but yeah, like I, uh, Josh, I guess is gonna do a demonstration. But yeah, I'm I don't understand why he's not resorting to that pitch. I guess even if it's an injury risk, I don't know. It's strange. And actually, Lean, one of the things that I like took some notes about the game last night is I said the Mets started great and then just stopped. At least Alonzo, like I mentioned, got two home runs. So got the baseball. So, okay. So I was just like looking at this game and I'm like, you guys started so well and then just said, okay, we're done. And then Pete Alonso was like, you know what? I want to boost my own stats. I'm going to hit my second home run, which 
which, you know, I'm happy for him. Like, you know, I'm glad he got two home runs out of it, but it was, it's literally too little too late. Yeah, that that was just a game that I think Met, the Mets kind of want to forget about because, like, people, like, they weren't, other than Alonzo, like you just mentioned, Kiyoshi, they weren't generating any offense, and it was a, another terrible outing for Peterson, and then Robert Gesellman came in and was even worse than him, so, like, that was just an all-around terrible game from the Mets that I think they are going to want to move on from quickly. Yeah, both Peterson and Gesellman yeah up four and runs yeah so exactly yeah, yeah. all right josh yeah. demo so yeah. so all right so this is a a minor league ball from the late 90s but we're gonna roll with it um okay. anyway so the way a change up is so i'm showing right now and me and like we might post a picture of this later uh so you see my thumb and my forefinger are kind of like are kind of like touching each other mm-hmm. on, yeah. the, on the inside of the horseshoe right there like so Right, so right then, off the seam for I, obviously. Yeah, yeah, here, actually, here I'm left-handed, so when I do this way. But then your other three fingers, you're kind of spreading them across the rest of the rest of the yeah. ball. See, mm-hmm. now right. granted, now granted, like a circle change, a circle change is, is more like this. Regular change is like this. The Vulcan change kind of does this weird like Star Trek thing. But hold on, I thought a circle change you actually make a circle with your index and thumb. No, I mean that's definitely part of it, but you also have the circular grip like so. See, because yeah, that's the thing. Oh, yeah, 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 that, but yeah, yeah, but a regular change is a little more. Podcast audience, he's he made the circle and then his fingers yeah, around it kind yeah, of make yeah, here, circle, circle yeah. not circle, circle, not circle. Like right, so. he's always doing he's taking his pinky off the side of the ball, and yeah. Here's the kicker with the changeup, and this is how Luis Severino shredded his elbow. What you do, you bring it back, and then as and then as you're about to release, you pronate your elbow. You turn it kind of clock counterclockwise. Mm. So you get that release, almost like turning a doorknob. Same things goes goes for turning a slider. Um, hmm. But the risk that comes with that is that it is much easier to shred your arm that way. I mean, yeah. that, that's how Bob Gibson killed his arm at, like, towards the end of his career. Uh, like I just said Severino. So maybe that's why Peterson's not throwing David but Peterson isn't throwing like, his changeup. That's definitely hmm. plausible, Josh. But like, it's just hard for me to believe that Peterson is struggling as much as he is. He's only in his second year. Like, I feel like even though there is that risk, why would you still not go to it? Like, you are literally just kind of fighting for air at this point. You might lose your job sooner rather than later. You might as well at least like temporarily go to the changeup until you figure everything else out. I don't know. That's just kind of how I think about it. It is what it is. I mean, the Mets, they, it's like you said about Luis Rojas. It seems that this team is responding to him in spite of his not being a traditional manager personality, I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, agreed. But and like, I think, uh, Oh, go ahead, Josh. But one way or another, and I don't care who's on the mound. It could be David Peterson. It could be Jacob DeGrom for all I care. You gotta beat the Orioles. Oh, yeah. There's no excuse for not beating the Orioles. Not only not beating yeah. them, they, they got, like, destroyed. Shellacked. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, though, like, Mets fans are probably a little happy. Like, their team is doing well, and help is on the way. Like, um, I think Jeff McNeil started rehab. Conforto, um, too. And he's expected back around the end of June. Conforto is expected. Exactly. Um Carrasco as well. Let's see if that actually happens. Syndergaard, not too far off. So, well, Syndergaard, he he had a setback in his rehab. So let's slow our roll on that. He's Syndergaard. I mean, anyway, he was still like over like a month and a half away. But you know, it's just like they're approaching that. At at this rate, at this rate, I don't expect Noah Syndergaard to play at all this year. You don't think so? No, maybe August he comes back. I think August. That's like the earliest target date we'll see for him. But Mm. it's like I've been saying for so long. I've been saying this for two years right now. Noah Syndergaard is such a big guy with such high velocity. Yeah, yeah. Like it's nice to have him a starter now, but with all these injuries, turn him into a closer. (laughs) No, I mean Syndergaard is a phenomenal starter. I would not do that. Yeah, the job of Chamberlain Round, like. Close or like, because there's not too many pitches that I've seen that can. Don't make the same mistake with the Mets. Don't need to make the same mistake with Noah Syndergaard that they made with Steven Matz. Okay. But like, you can't compare the two. Syndergaard is a proven, legitimate starter. Steven Matz is garbage. I don't know. He's not on the team anymore. Well, I mean, he's he's doing. I feel like he's doing 
possibly better on the Blue Jays, but yeah, better, but he's still not even good. He got off to a hot start. Now he's like whatever. And then he, and then he yeah. failed upward into beating the Yankees because why? Can't of course, the because yeah, because I was like, wait, yeah. like, wait a minute, didn't that same guy beat the Yankees? You're right, yeah, right, bro. <laughs> um, and, and, anyway, like, but the Mets right now look—they're good. And they really need Carrasco back because I watch I watch highlights of this team. I watch some games of this team. It's very clear that, yeah, at least to me, having a pitcher as good as Degrom, as Jacob Degrom in your rotation, it makes the lineup comfortable almost. Maybe the Yankees have the same thing with Garrett Cole, mm. but I mean that's a whole other conversation we're going to have later. But no, a hundred percent, Josh. Like, um, I, and it's actually funny how we're talking about like. Peterson and how the Mets need Carrasco back and stuff even though right now they have the best rotation in baseball I think that's like that's so funny um but yeah like just imagine this is already right now the best rotation in baseball imagine how much better it's going to be once once Carrasco like joins the mix um Mets fans are lucky I am envious I'm being completely honest and, I'm jealous. And, and the wild thing is that the Mets still have good starters in Taiwan Walker they still got um, Mark Stroman, that's at least, and DeGrom, who's still going to, you still have three starters that are going to give you solid innings. I hate Dude. so much that Marcus Stroman's a Met. I hate it oh, so yeah. much. So the only thing is that I think it's running some, like, I feel like the Mets and the Yankees are going to swim the boat where we just need to fucking hit more. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. granted, okay. I guess as a transition to the Yankees, the Yankees did that. Now, and I actually took some notes on the on that game from from yesterday as well when they when we went against the Twins. Is that I feel like we yeah we we lost um, even though we ended up we ended the losing streak we had at four games, but I feel like the Twins really beat themselves because they committed easily. I think, four errors. Of, I think like at least a couple of errors. Four. Wow, four errors. Thank you. Yeah, committed four errors. I think it was at least at least two two. Uh, wild pitches. I think one of them was a wild pitch. Maybe no, I, no. I think there were like two wild pitches. I think the third baseman uh, he cut off. Yeah, he, uh, he cut off. A oh, ball that was that from, was so bad. Yeah. Yeah, and it was when Gary Gary Sanchez was on third, and he was coming in the score, and I was like, oh no, oh shit. And then he cut it off. I was like, oh okay, we'll take it. And I feel like once I feel like with the Yankees, like once we realized that we had the lead we started to kind of like relax a little more. And that was when obviously Gary Sanchez and Dewar hit those home runs, which were very much extracurricular. But I feel like even though, even though I've talked about the Yankees being, having more patience, I feel like sometimes. I, I was about to say after DJ LeMahieu's second hit yesterday, I noticed the at-bats got a lot more disciplined. Yeah. Uh, and a lot, like I said, a lot more relaxed. That I mean, even I mean, except for Sen, who's still swinging those like, those like low and outside the the strike zone pitches. I don't know why, but he still does it. Always vintage Sen. Like it's so annoying because when he when he's on and when he had that 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 hitting streak. I think what was that in April? I want to say uh, it was like April into May. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. April into May. Like. He was doing well. He wasn't he wasn't necessarily turning the cover off the ball, but he was making good contact. He would give you a couple. He he gave you a couple of home runs in that duration, but for the most part, it was just solid contact. Now he's swinging at all these pitches that are lowing outside, lowing inside, like or sometimes not even swinging at all. So yeah. it's it's so it's so frustrating. I mean, um, I, I mean, and yet, mean, and yet at the same time, I'm just very grateful that he spent that he spent less than three and a half millennia on the injured list this season. Oh, <laughs> oh, easily. That's an accomplishment in and of itself. Um, can I can I go on a little rant real quick? Uh, I want to hear your oh, boon rant because I'm curious. Oh, to yeah, see yeah. It. yeah. I, 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 you already I, know. I, I'm curious if we have the same things to say, but go ahead. All right. So. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know how I feel about the New York Yankees front office. Um, and it's just like my feelings have kind of been getting stronger like week by week, I guess. Mm -hmm. And now I'm almost at like a tipping point. I hated the Aaron Boone hire as soon as it happened. He has done absolutely nothing to change my mind. Um, I literally think 
I was telling some friends this. I think he is good at literally nothing. I don't think there is a single thing that he does right. Granted, we all know that Aaron Boone is basically a puppet. He doesn't make the lineups. He doesn't really have the authority to do anything. So I'm not going to sit here and like dog him for lineup moves, whatever, any of that. Um, uh, but- sorry, Lean, sorry to interrupt. Um, I just want to, I just want to like add a quick note. Boone, this is from Bob Clappish when he appeared on the Michael K show um, a couple years ago. Boone does have authority to kind of go on his own, but um, the catch is that if that if his decision goes wrong, he has to be ready to defend that decision to Cashman yes, and the analytics which, team from the get-go. Uh, yeah, I knew right about after. this too, and that makes me even more certain that Boone doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think that he's comfortable making decisions knowing that he's going to have to like give a testimony if it goes wrong. Um, so, like I said, I'm not going to dog Boone for lineup decisions, like bullpen usage, whatever, but I think that he what he should be good at. We kind of talked about it with the Mets. This is something that I wanted to bring up. Luis Rojas is not a particularly good manager. We've seen him mismanage ourselves. We've talked about Mm -hmm. it on the pod. Yep. But you see that they literally have like 20 guys on the IL. Some players are slumping, even the ones that are playing. And he is still capable of rallying the troops, getting them to win games. What is Aaron Boone doing? And if you looked at that game uh, like two two days ago when everybody's getting ejected and he's out here holding people back, I was more mad at that than anything else. Like, you should be the first one. You should be the first one to be ejected out of that game. Why are you trying to hold your coaches back? That is one of the worst calls I've ever seen. My brother is a biased as hell Mets fan, and he literally was staring at the TV with his mouth wide open. So that is the worst call I've ever seen. Aaron Boone, what are you doing? Your team is in a crappy position. You are not winning games. You had a chance to win that game and not get swept by your rivals at home, and you are sitting here holding your fellow coaches back and not allowing them to get ejected. To me, that is absolute crap. Now, there are, you guys have probably heard this, there are people talking about how Aaron Boone and Cashman need to be fired and Buck Walter needs to come in because that's the first thing that they see. Hard no. I, Hard I personally, no. yeah, for me, Buck Walter. Someone on a Rangers podcast actually said this well. Would Buck Showalter be at least a slightly better manager than Aaron Boone? Absolutely. I think anyone who's like blind could see that. But does that mean he's old? Does that mean that the Yankees should go and fire Boone to hire Showalter? Absolutely not. We know his day in the sun is done, and Showalter should not manage in Major League Baseball ever again. So let's like put an end to that. But I really, I stand by what I've said for some time. This Yankees team, they are not going to win, especially as long as Brian Cashman, the most overrated general manager in all of sports I've ever seen, as long as Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone are employed. They are just, they don't, mainly Cashman, because Cashman is like the source of all problems. But we know he won't be fired. Cashman should have been fired probably two years ago. He has done literally nothing right lately, almost nothing right. And I just, I don't get what we're doing anymore. I I fully, (laughs) I am in full agreement of how Boone should have gotten himself tossed on Sunday. I like, if I was a manager in that position, I wouldn't have just gotten tossed. I would have gotten myself tossed to the point where I would have gotten the suspension. Yes. I would have gone like full Bobby Cox. I would have like bumped the umpire, thrown stuff to the ground. I would have like taken home plate with me. Now, now that said, like, I do think it's important to note how Boone got himself ejected last week in the Rays game where the, where the umpire was also screwing them. Uh, Chad Whitson had a horrible game. It was the Garrett Cole game where Garrett, where Cole mm-hmm. didn't, wasn't doing well. Um, now maybe there's like some rule we don't know about where it's like, if a manager gets, gets, um, gets tossed twice in a week, there's a hefty fine. And, and Boone's making like no money being Yankees manager. So maybe he would, maybe that's what he was thinking of. But just the same, when it's Phil Nevin and Carlos Mendoza and Marcus Timms who were the ones getting mad, and Boone's just there like, eh, he didn't say anything, he didn't say anything. That's a terrible look. Contrastingly, going to Cashman, I mean, Ken Rosenthal 
dropped a great article in the athletic this week where he basically said like, yeah, the Yankees are bad, but how about you start putting at least start putting the blame on Brian Cashman instead of Aaron Boone? Because Aaron Boone yes. is not the one who constructs the roster. Like, yes. Also, oh, Aaron Boone was only hired because of Brian Cashman. Oh, it was and, in my mind. And then on top, and then on top of that, like Kiyoshi, you look like you've got a lot to say on this, so I'm going to wrap this up quickly. It's like the Yankees. Okay. Yeah, I understand you don't want to go over the luxury tax because during like the latter like the latter days of Joe Girardi, like the the peril was clogged with bad contracts. But like, yeah, you have to understand like what's more important to you: staying under the luxury tax threshold or building a winning team. Exactly. We have, we have tried this model of now. Good, I am all for the model of staying under the luxury tax threshold and picking and choosing free agency targets to pursue heavily. Garrett Cole is one of them. Corey Seager is apparently another one that House Steinbrenner really likes. But if you are constantly falling short, if your team is this streaky with a lineup that is stacked to the nines, then the fish rots from the head down. Yeah. Brian Cashman, like, look, I used to defend the guy. I, I'd still, I still yeah. think Aaron Boone deserves maybe one more year as Yankees manager. I'm not ready to move on from him just yet, but I'm way more critical of him. Brian Cashman, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why is Runet Odor still on the team yes. when you have Derek Diedrich and Hoy Park Tearing it up in the minors. What's going on with you? <laughs> and Josh is stormed out. So I guess I'll fill in right now. So. Oh, man. I think all right, Kiyoshi, Josh, while Josh is cool and yeah, all. Well, Josh Go is cool off, uh, I guess I'll take over from here. So. I blacked out. What it's, interesting, it's interesting <laughs> that you guys bring this up because one of the things I was also thinking about was maybe starting maybe a little bit like within the staff and maybe starting with the hitting coach because we haven't been, you've barely been hitting at all. Like the pitching is, the pitching is great. Well, not great, but it's good. It's serviceable. We've, we've seen that when, when we can score, we can win. When we give Jared Cole more than two runs, we have a shot. When we give anyone in this presentation more than two more than more than two uh, runs, we have a shot. Um, I think in terms of Boone, yeah, I think he deserves maybe maybe one more year because one of the things I noticed is he's one of very I think the only if not very few managers that have gotten to the playoffs in each of his first. I think he's been a manager for four years now. Yeah, right. I think uh, three or four years, but he's gotten three. to the playoffs every three, right? single year. Four. four. This okay, boom. Every single year in that, that he's been managed. And I think that's that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Have we gotten far in any of those years? No. Now, granted, one of those years it has a big ass asterisk because of the, the Astro scandal. I think as it comes to Cashman, and one of the things I was thinking about, Lee, when you were when um, going on your rant about Cashman is he he knows winning baseball to a degree, and when I'm saying that, I'm obviously talking about the 09 championship, which was over 10 years ago. I'm talking about what he did in the 90s, which is over, which is almost 20 years ago. Well, uh, Kiyoshi, sorry to interrupt. It's also important to note that up until like 2015, 16, Cashman, yeah, he was the general manager, but the Steinbrenners also had significant much more. Exactly, I was going to say that at the end. Yeah, it would be because right. like yeah. all the spending, that's all Steinbrenner. Right, and and I feel like. It, it worked, obviously. I think we've we still we haven't done that. Obviously, we haven't done that as much. I mean, we obviously gave out a big contract to Cole and gave a big contract out to to Sen. I think the one thing that can help save this club is that we need to possibly make a trade for uh, Trevor Story or Kettle Marte or 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 Marte as in like Sterling Marte, Kettle Marte, Arizona. Yeah, that's right. We need to make a trade for those guys because as much as I hate to say it, and I kind of, and I, I was starting to really rock with Glaber, he's not it right now. He's, I, I think, mean, no, Glaber's fine. Glaber's actually done quite Glaber's well. Glaber's been so, really yeah. good. Gary yeah. Sanchez, too. Oh, but I feel, I feel like they're, they're inconsistent. I feel like even Gary Sanchez, like he, he did well. He did well yesterday. He had a home run. I think he yep. went like 
Kyoshi, he's hitting like 350 over his last 10 games. Listen, listen. Yeah, but that was over the last 10. If you go before that, no, 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 he wasn't but like, really doing that Kiyoshi, well. Kyoshi, you are definitely, no one is going to disagree with you that the Yankees need to acquire one of these superstar shortstops. We are all on the same page there. It's just, it's not because Glaber stinks. Glaber is really, really good. He just got off to a slow start. It's just because an infield, this actually kind of uh, segues into a point that I wanted to make as well. Sure. Uh, last season, a lot of people were saying that the Yankees need to trade Luke Voigt his, while his value is still high. I am now embarrassed to say that I didn't agree with that. Now, in hindsight, I think that was a huge mistake. I think Voight should have been dealt. And then, ideally, I still want Voight dealt. I think you need to move DJ over to first. You move Glaber over to second. And then you leave Gio at third. And then you get one of these superstar shortstops, whether it be Trevor Story, Corey Seager, even Javier Baez, whatever that may be, the case may be. And even if that fails, you can then turn, let's see which third basemen are available because Gio Or a third baseman. And then, hey, surprise, Gio can hold his own at shortstop. Exactly. Yeah, he has has a strong arm, so it actually makes sense to leave him at third. But one thing I wanted to mention. No, but if you like, if you want, if you want to get a third baseman over like one of these shortstops. Yeah, I meant more. I meant more if you, you, no pun intended, if you strike out on Trevor Story or Corey Seager, then you try and target a third baseman and then bump you over to short. Right. Exactly. Right. The other thing I was going to mention, which is why I'm I'm not as hot on labor tours as some of you guys are. Guess who leads the the team in errors? Labor. Kiyoshi, no one is no one is denying yep. that he's he's defensively terrible. Honestly, that's another reason why the Yankees need to get like one of these shortstops. D- Glaber can't play defense. We all know that. But it's just like like saying we should get rid of Glaber unless it's for like I don't even know who like whatever superstar. I am not interested in that. I would much rather get rid of Voight any I, day of the week. I agree with Lean on this one. I think I I've thought I've had in the back of my mind for a while ever since I read that Hal Steinbrenner really likes Corey Seager. I've yeah. been like I've been like playing roulette as to how the Yankees would make would make that work. And yeah, like the the honest answer is you try and sell high on Boyd's power yes. and trade and trade for pitching. Yes. Or yes. It, one, you. one of Voight or Gio is going to be dealt. I hope it's not Torres. Cause Tor- honestly, Glaber Torres, I'm not trading him unless we're getting like a Jacob deGrom on that. I honestly, as much as I but, hate this front office, I don't think they do that. I, I literally think they would only trade Glaber if it's for a superstar player. Yeah. Correct. And at first I was going to be like, what? We don't need more pitching, but I, I feel like we do need more starting pitching but even yeah. you don't necessarily need it because isn't Severino like but like Kiyoshi Severino's almost back Britain is almost back too Britain's like, not don't... a starter though yeah, yeah Brit- he, and he's, Britain's he's getting another, torched on his rehab we can have but like actually Kiyoshi thank you thank you for bringing this up um so I actually have a list of like I wrote down a list of things that like I would like to see the Yankees do like if they want people like me to be silenced at the top of my list definitely getting one of these star shortstops is at the top of the list but another one is like during this season I really think they need to trade for starting pitching. Josh, you hit the nail on the head, in my opinion, when you said trade Boyd and acquire a big name starter. I think that's something they must do. But to talk about like the start, the pitching real quick, because I think we should have a conversation about it. For the rotation, I think we're already seeing the negative impact of Corey Kluber's absence on the rotation. It's mm-hmm. definitely hurting us. And Kiyoshi, like you brought up a point that we've been talking about. Severino is almost back. But like, again, we don't know how good Severino is going to be when he comes back. Like he hasn't pitched since 2019. We don't know what the situation is going to be. We can't just like, and this is a team that's trying to go all in. We can't just like be like, okay, we're getting Severino back. That's it. We're fine. You know what I'm saying? And then the bullpen, this is something, Josh, remember, um, 
we were we had you, me Kyoshi and I and you we had an argument about this in the group chat like a month or so ago about the bullpen and you were like the bullpen is fine and Kyoshi and I were telling you that the bullpen is being overworked I think we are starting to see signs of that now the bullpen hasn't looked as sharp as it has before uh, a name that pops up in my head Chad Green yeah, look up his yeah. stats over the past like 10 games he has almost a five ERA I think even Lucas Litge, who was really good before, it's like it's guaranteed that he gives up at least a run every outing now. These guys are tired. You can see it. And in my opinion, that's another reason they need to go out and get a starting pitcher because you uh, can't keep on relying on this uh, bullpen for this long. I just want to point out, like, I I fully agree on Chad Green. He's got an ERA close to 10 in the month of June. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's that said he that said june has actually been a pretty strong month for him because it's because he it's, you take out that one red Sox appearance he's actually not allowed to run all month um but point being like i, I this also ties back to boone i listen to the, to what like some of these pitchers are saying in press conferences and i'm worried boone is starting to lose his grip on the locker room because like oh my god no yes yeah because yes. because yes. J- jameson tyon he's he says Oh, it'd be nice to go out there with a lead for once or like, and then Mike, Michael King throws an immaculate inning on Friday. Oh, how do you feel about an immaculate inning? I'd rather win a game yeah. than pitch an immaculate inning. So the fact <laughs> that, so like, yeah, I get it. it. Is nev- so to me, that is the pitchers like shoot, like firing a shot across yes. the lab's bow saying, Hey, like, pardon my French, get your shit together and start hitting. Josh, that was literally like, that was kind of my point when I was going on my rant. And that's why I brought up Rojas, because as poor of a quote unquote manager Rojas is, you know that the locker room would go to war for him. You know that these guys respect him and they know that like he cares about them. They care about him. He's good at getting them fired up and helping them win games. Boone, I feel like that's his only job and he is failing at it. So I completely agree with what you just said. Yeah, all this and all to say this actually goes right into the good final chapter. It's uh, we know that MLB has a deadened the ball, which we talked about last episode, how I'm kind of convinced the owners are behind that because they didn't want to have to pay a bunch of extra guys for slugging home runs. Um, But Mm. uh, but also now there's apparently this rampant cheating happening with pitchers like using they call the term sticky stuff. Yeah. Uh, to doctor the ball, Josh Donaldson more or less said, "Oh, like Garrett Cole's spin rate goes up. Is that a coincidence?" And Cole kind of e- even Jacob Degrom was accused of cheating. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, I'm more inclined to think Degrom is pitching than Cole, if only because his velocity continues go continues to go up, and he's older than Cole. That's fair, or he's just that good. It, it could it could be that too. It, I mean, yeah, it could be either one. Yeah. Uh, Kiyoshi, you, you want you're the one who wanted to you yeah. wanted to you're the one who brought this up to us. So what uh, what is your take on all this? Um, I I think that um, I think for I think for one one thing I well first I go with what I did appreciate I appreciated that even though Donaldson made those comments that both Degrom and Cole were stuck up for by their respective teammates, which I appreciated. And I'm actually currently trying to find, I think I sent it, sent it to you, Josh, the piece about how they stuck up for, like I said, how they stuck up for, for Cole and DeGrom. And I feel like, like even, even Cole was like, I think the, even Cole said, like, hey, I've, I don't, he didn't say like, oh, I have no reason to cheat, but it's like, he basically kind of sort of addressed what Donaldson was saying in like a, a Zoom meeting. I think it was before, I think the, I think the game yesterday or, or the game yeah, before, yeah. and basically yeah. said like, listen, I don't have time for this. I'm going to focus on what I can control. And I feel like it's kind of like picking up, it's like uh, Cole mentioned is, um, picking picking little hanging fruit that you call this guy out, considering as something that you mentioned, Josh, that Cole hasn't pitched well in his last few outings. So it's like, how could you call out this pitcher yet that yeah, he's he's the ace, but over the last few 
few games, he hasn't pitched as well as he could have. Like even even in his last outing, he only pitched. Even though he's struck out seven, you only pushed five innings. So I actually did. I actually did a deep dive on Cole yesterday after he made these comments. And so first off, let's start with last year. Cole made twelve starts last year, right? And you'll recall, like around the like seven, eight, or nine, seven, eight, or nine start mark, that's when he started struggling. So that could be the case this year, where he's just hitting a wall, and he's and he's going to bounce back eventually, right? Um, I also looked at, um, I didn't look at his spin rate um, or, and how much it improved, but I did look at um, his general pitching numbers uh, from the Pirates and uh, the Astros and subsequently the Yankees. His velocity hasn't really changed that much. Like his average fastball velocity, is, it's at or about 96. And yeah, in the last four years, it's gone up to like barely above 97 in a, in a couple of seasons. But also let's forget, let's all remember this. Garrett Cole is someone who is obsessed with pitching. Question for the both of you. Cole gets out of a start, leaves the game for good. What's the first thing he does when he's on the bench? You tell me. He looks at charts. He's right. like, he is like always thinking about the next game. Right. So, and also like, this is also important to note as much as the Houston Astros cheated, it is so easy to forget. They're really good at developing young pitchers. Lance McCullers, Fran Valdez, they saved Justin Verlander's career. They also kind of helped help revive Cole's career, too. Not, not even revive. They, they, didn't, they just Cole, helped him take the next stop. They, well, exactly. um, what, happened yeah. with, what happened with Cole, they, they were like, oh, well, with the Pirates, yeah, you have this philosophy, but they were asking you to throw two seamers, which just, uh, just elevate, just let's just use your four seamer and alter your delivery slightly, and here we are today. Right. Yeah. And oh, this is the other thing I was going to mention to you guys. So, yes. if you remember uh, when when the Yankees went up against the Rays, I think I sent you this chart. Unfortunately, um, I'll try to describe it to to y'all that I think there were what did I write? There were seven balls that could have been strikes when the when the Yankees went up against the Rays that. Yarbrough threw seven balls that that were called strikes but should have been balls. And then if you spit, uh, kind of fast forward to the Red Sox series, that Odor pitch in in the bottom of the ninth was four was four inches outside the plate, and that was called strike three. So part of me is thinking that you know, not to, you know, put my tinfoil hat on, but there could be a conspiracy against the Yankees that for some reason, um, I mean, just fucking hate us. No, Kiyoshi, like, the, it's it's called Yankees bias. Like, we know it exists. It has a name. Everyone, this is a thing. It, you it know? definitely exists. I highly doubt that it is on the, um, that MLB and the umpires are actively working against the Yankees, if only because, first off, MLB, sure, like, they don't have a parody problem. There haven't, there hasn't been a repeat World Series winner since the Yankees did it twenty odd years ago. But that said, like it all, it also me, it also doesn't make sense for MLB to work against either of its teams that play in the nation's largest media market. So they could be working against the Yankees, but but to be doing so, they they're really just hurting themselves. At the same time, but then I see two separate incidents of 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 a essentially of a Yankees prejudice of. A game against the Red Sox in prime time, and then earlier on, a couple of days prior, on what was that June? Yeah, June third. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the and there were like like I said, seven balls that were outside that were way outside, at least a couple inches outside the zone that were called strikes. Umpiring as a whole has been terrible this year too. I mean, like, yeah, I, I was gonna say that too, Josh. Like, umpiring is awful, and I cannot wait until all of these bombs are unemployed and we have robots. But like, the, Kiyoshi, going off what you're saying about Yankees bias, like, I'm definitely not gonna say that all umpires are like obsessed with sabotaging the Yankees and are out to get the Yankees but I definitely do think that Yankees bias is there and like Mm. umpires are definitely more likely to give the Yankees bad calls than other teams actually I'm convinced of it Lean I think you might be onto something here because because remember Angel Hernandez recently lost his suit against Major League Baseball now who in Major League Baseball Mm -hmm. is in charge of the umpires it's Joe Torre 
longtime Yankee mm. manager. Now, even though Tory has been retired from the Yankees for over a decade now, maybe this could just be payback against him. But, I mean, that that could be part of it. Who knows? I mean, yeah. one one way or another, it's very bothersome because like I, I, I said this to a friend the other day who, whose, whose father actually did used to work for the department. The MLB, uh, the Major League Baseball Umpiring Association, that union to me, like, and maybe this is mostly Joe West doing it. They're like, they've got police union power. Oh, like, it's, tell it's, me about it's it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, dude. Like, I honestly, like, I, and they just, they just negotiate a new contract too. So they're not going anywhere for a while. If I'm Rob Manfred, as much as I'm running this game into the ground, I am getting robo umps in AAA starting next season. Oh yeah, next season. If only to send a message to the empires, just because you're, you're not together. Yeah, yeah. It's like just because you're not being replaced doesn't mean that it's not in our mind. You know, um, uh, my brother and I during that Yankees Red Sox game, I told you his reaction. He hates the Yankees, and he still was like, he's, he even said that is the worst call I've ever seen. This we is were, the uh, so this is the uh, Sunday night game. Yeah, yeah, the Sunday night game. We were. Uh, having a, between innings, we were having a conversation about it, and he said he was like, you know, officials in almost every sport are pretty bad. Like they're, you know, like they they get a lot of criticism that they deserve. However, he was like, umpires in baseball, they're different because like they they make things about them like they have this ego complex where they just want like the lights to be on them they want to make everything about them it they'll definitely applies to a few umpires yeah like they'll make these calls and they'll start ejecting people and you can just tell that they are they are thriving off of the quote unquote energy that they uh, attention that they're getting and it's just like that's what makes them so insufferable like not only do you suck at your jobs you're also egotistical and are trying to make this all about you like you said Josh I can't I cannot wait to see Robo Ums do and yet at the same time because I I have a friend who um I forget I forget which umpire he his family's friend with it's a retired major league umpire whose name escapes mm-hmm. me but apparently as for for every umpire like Angel Hernandez like Joe West who makes it all about themselves yeah. there's apparently two umpires who first off love the game all these guys love the yeah, game hand, hands down but they're but like um there's some umpires and it's mostly the younger guys where they'll go back and actually watch tape of their yeah. games and, oh, and like try to that. be better and and then also like there's apparently amount of pressure and it's also like uh, varies from crew to crew it probably depends what the crew chief is and and can i just make a real quick point that just popped into my head yeah sure thinking about the implementation of these robots like would the like where would they be placed how would, i mean that that's why it's being tested out in the minors right now right, yeah, we thinking, don't know like, how. who would like would the robot um still give the pitcher like this would it still be able to, to communicate to the pitcher hey two balls one uh two balls one strike three two how would that be communicated how would it be communicated if it's a strikeout i'm wondering how like what this would look like so that it yeah. doesn't interfere with the game because we'd like to think that the ump or just referees and officials in general in sports aren't necessarily meant to be seen, but just to kind of regulate and make sure, you know, try to, try to implement the rules. And with an ump that that's in charge of giving the catcher the baseballs, that is in charge of, of sweeping off the plate, of, of giving the pitcher what the count is, in charge of calling foul tips and all like that, how would the robo ump be able to do all of these other things? And how would how would the game flow with a robot ump? I mean, that that's one thing that they're tracking in the uh, in, they're using I think an A ball right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So any, anyway, point being, like the last thing I was going to say about this, apparently, like there's also a lot of pressure being an umpire because a guy blows a call, like, and it's obvious they blew it. After the game, they could get reamed out at the crew chief, like, hey, you're, like, you made a bad call, and you make the rest of us look bad. Right. Yeah, so, yeah of course. So, like, maybe just have, like, a like a promotion and demotion. I'm not sure what, uh, they're, what they're, they're have, but they're I actually... There actually is there actually is a system like that where you need to um, have your your accuracy needs to be at a certain threshold to make you eligible for the postseason. 
Mm. I mean, fuck the postseason. Just yeah. like, just well, well, no, start firing people. That, that can well, swing. That's that Yoshi, can wins that, and losses. Yoshi, that's the thing. Like, if you do well, if you do well enough to reach a postseason, and then you do well enough in the postseason, that determines who gets promoted to crew chief and not, or not. Fair, so, but, but like, if, it's a system that needs changing, regardless. Right, and I feel like if that system were to be revamped so that you can maybe even get promoted or demoted within the season, because these are things that can, that can sway wins and losses that can sway teams that can get teams in and out of funks. Like it's, it, it's a small thing that makes a very big difference. Agreed. You know? Yeah. So. I mean, umpiring, I've been calling for at least umpires to be held more accountable for bad calls recently. Like maybe like it just goes to show like how powerful this union is. If it were up yeah. to me, umpire making a bad call that could that if it's a bad enough and egregious call like the one we saw from Gabe Morales on Sunday night that should draw like a two-game suspension oh, or, yeah. at, or or at a minimum heavy fine Josh that is literally yeah. those are probably my two favorite like theoretical punishments like fines and suspensions for umpires why does everyone else get to be fined and suspended when the people who like uh, impact the game more so than anyone else are like allowed to do whatever they want basically and get away with it like that was literally one of the worst calls ever and he just nothing like i'll i'll we'll put a pin on the subject with this because like i could talk about umpiring and then we got to get back to pitchers cheating i could talk about how much i hate umpires for a long time i'm gonna say this about say about umpires what i've said about um anti-police protests and like and how why like they please need to be reformed as well if things don't change soon and the job continues to be done as shoddily as it has, somebody's going to get hurt. Like we, we recall 2019 when Brett Gardner almost tackled that one umpire for, for being ejected. If um now obviously I'm not trying to equate umpire and police, but if you like push the players' buttons, no, the umpires keep making this all about them just because they're pissy about robolumps. I wouldn't be shocked if like one player finally snaps and takes a swing. Yeah, or like I, I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't want that to happen because then the umpires that. are going to get even more power. But I like, mean, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Hopefully, it, it doesn't happen, like you said. But yeah, they yeah. definitely absolute absolute mess. They have no idea what they're doing. Um. Uh. Well, but back to uh. Let's get back to pitchers cheating and how it's a problem. Like whether or not Garcia oh, or Jake actually, can I, can I give my input on that? If you guys. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, ahead. I just wrote down like a few notes I wanted to say. So, yeah, like, please do. First, uh, Cole's comments. Cole got a lot of heat from Yankees fans for his comments. Um, I am in complete agreement with that. I think he looked lost up there he should have been more prepared even if it's like an on the spot kind of thing like you can't I literally would rather you straight up just say like a blatant lie than do what he did like he made himself look so guilty but like I mean other, Eric Cole's a socially awkward dude as it is I know so. but like this is like a uh, like a you know touchy subject like you need to have something prepared for this bro but anyway um I think like if you take a step back for Yankees fans that are freaking out because I've spoken to a few people who are freaking out about it. Like, Oh, we're in deep crap with Cole over the situation. Look, like I personally think this is an across the board kind of issue. I think a lot of people are cheating. So like with regard to the Yankees, I would definitely like tell Yankees fans to just relax a little bit because like, again, Everyone is probably doing this. It's, so, the same, it's the same as the steroid argument that people are forgetting that, yeah, like these people are having an advantage, but they also have to be pretty good at playing the game to begin with. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I think let's say Cole is cheating. Not going to say if he is or isn't. Let's say he is. I still wouldn't be super concerned if I'm a Yankees fan, which I am, obviously, because I think it's like I just said, an across the board issue. Probably everyone is doing it whatever you know it's just one of those things that's in the media right now to get people to talk about it and then we're going to end up hopefully forgetting about it uh i want last thing i will share on pitch doctoring jeff passing from espn pretty much baseball's version of adrian wojnarowski he did a foreign substance 101 for if you have espn plus you can read it there uh he shared this excerpt of it someone asked how do pitchers get away with it here's his answer They've learned to be crafty, but you're, if you're even slightly educated on the subject, you can spot it in every game. Watch a pitcher between pitches. Where does his hand go? Does it touch the brim of his cap? 
If so, there's probably a foreign substance on it. What about dabbing his middle and index fingers inside of his glove? That too. The spots vary. The palm, near the webbing, but it's a go-to hiding place. Hiding place for plenty. The truly sneaky pitchers put their gunk in places you wouldn't consider. If there's a pitcher who seems to tuck in his shirt a little too often, the foreign substance could reside in his waistband. Some use their jerseys. Others, the hip area of their pants. The real answer to this question, truthfully, is that they get away with it because they're allowed to get away with it, which kind of goes into what Cole said yesterday, because his, his response, even though he kind of botched it, I listened to it and I heard like, yeah, because like it's not being enforced and like it's a rule, but it's one that's ignored. Like, what are we supposed to do? Not take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So so that's yeah. on so that's on Manfred for letting it happen. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So again like if people yeah it sucks that garrett cole's kind of had to labor through his last few starts but let's not forget he's still garrett cole yeah of course right. like it, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna worry until it's like five or six bad starts in a row and then i'll start thinking he's pitching version he's pitching's version of jason giambi so, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah no easily though i i'm and, sorry i was God. just gonna say like it's it goes back to my point about you know josh Donaldson and josh Donaldson's comments on Garrett Cole and Garrett Cole saying that it's kind of low hanging fruit that how are you going to pick on how are you not pick on someone but how are you going to talk about someone that is just going through a losing streak like it just kind of looks kind of silly like why would you essentially kick a man when he's trending downwards you know? not, not just that but like I mentioned Cole's a Cole is someone who's obsessed with pitching and then like say oh what's going on oh my delivery hasn't been great given how devoted he is to his craft how much like he researches every single start he prepares to an absolute fault. Like, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely like possible that it could be a mechanical issue. Yeah, of course. Right. It, it could be, or yeah, or it just could be, I don't know. It could be mechanical. It could be fatigue. I still, even at Cole at, let's just say 80%, I'll take it. <laughs> I think, who who wouldn't? And I think getting back to my point about um, about what's wrong with the Yankees, I think maybe we need to start looking at the hitting coach. We start looking at Marcus Sims and saying, like, what what is he doing or not doing? Because I feel like we're not hitting consistently. And we're, we, at, at some points, we're, we're patient. I feel like Judge is, is, mm-hmm. is a lot more patient. He's drawing you know bases loaded walks now which i think is fantastic but at the same time you have someone like stanton who's swinging that shit outside the plate consistently and i think i think stanton is just cracking under the pressure really he's missed so much time the last two years he wants to prove hey i can still be the biggest star in the yard who hits like tape measure home runs in rookie mode maybe that's the case but I'm just choosing to take solace in the fact that before he got hurt, he was looking really good and he's going to get back to looking that good at some point. Knock on wood. I, yeah, I think that um, with regard to Marcus Thames, like I think that um, he definitely like he, deserves, he, he ain't it. He ain't it. Yeah. 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 He, he deserves uh, a lot of criticism and probably should be fired. So I'm with you there. Kiyoshi. I, like, I saw at the same, at the same time, I, um, I think that, it's also more than that. And this is where it kind of, for me, you know, you have to go back to Cashman and Boone as the sources of the issue. Because, like, you guys have probably seen the stats. They're quite embarrassing. The Yankees, for example, like, we have hit into more double plays than anybody else. Um, yep. The Yankees are, yeah. they are the worst team in the league when the bases are loaded. They are highest the worst ground team. ball rate. Yes, highest ground ball rate. And for me, that's especially concerning because this applies to guys who are like actually seeing the ball pretty well. I think the first for me, the first name that comes to mind is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge right now is playing out of his mind baseball. Mm-hmm. But like, have you guys noticed him when the bases are loaded or when there's runners in scoring position? Sometimes he'll hit into some really stupid plays. And it's just like, for me, that's something that's kind of been prevalent among even the hotter hitters like Gary Sanchez. DJ LeMahieu has been a little bit better too. He's doing it as well. Glaber Torres, Gio Urshela, like you know, Miggy and Duhar. I, I don't know. I so his home run last that's night why, like, Duhar. that's a problem. Oh, dude, dude. 
Yo, I, and Duhar, just a little side note. Like I always say on here how much I, I've always loved that kid and he has quite the bat. He's been playing good defense in the outfield. Kid can strap. And if any anyone listening ever wanted him traded, I see you. I will never forget. Yeah, he's, my, he, he's my birthday brother. I have to claim him. But... Go, go. Nice. Yeah. I, I think another thing is, I think something that might be able to help is if we if we score first if we maybe what we kind of did do i feel like uh last year back in 2019 is that we would try to score in the first inning we would just we would just try to put some guys on try to manufacture some runs so that uh one of the things that i think both of you guys mentioned is that so that the pitcher can feel a little bit more confident knowing that they're not that they're, they're coming into a game with the lead that yeah. no matter what, J- like Jameson Tyone, especially. Yeah. Right, so that Tyone can can feel good, like, okay, I got, you know, even if it's a even if it's a one-nothing lead or a two-nothing lead, maybe even a three-nothing lead, like, okay, I can afford to fuck up. I can afford to to not to say that he would miss a pitch, but in case he does, it's like, okay. If he let's say he gives up, you know, a home run to whoever on a First pitch flat fastball that was, you know, that was uh, high, and, high and outside instead of high and inside, like whatever. I think yeah. um, we just need to find a way to like, manufacture those home runs because the, the sooner that we can, sooner we can score, I feel like the more relaxed everyone is. So that, like I said, we can we can see the the Andujar and Glaber Torres home runs that were very very much academic, but it, I think it proved and showed that when we're when we're patient, when we're relaxed, we can hit. Yeah. We can hit for power. Agreed. Yeah, the team, I I don't want to speak too soon, but I can only hope that getting swept by the Red Sox at home for the first time in 10 years uh, lights a fire under this team's ass. Yeah. And like, okay, we've already talked, we've talked way too many Yankees. Again, we'll, we'll have to do like a Mets exclusive episode. I <laughs> swear. I was just thinking that. Guys. Too. Guys, we thanks for sticking with us for so long. We swear we do not hate the Mets. We try to give equal time, but we're like we are working on that. Anyway. Also, anyway, it's it's difficult like to dedicate like the Mets are in a really good place right now, and the Yankees are in like as bad of a place as it can get. So obviously, we're going to talk more. I about think that. The, other, the wild thing is that like the Mets, like they're, I feel like they're the best of the worst. So it's like they're good, but what we all know that they're but they have problems. Like they're they're scrappy. They're not the best team, but they're in first in the worst division. Whereas yeah, I mean they're Yankees, doing what they have to do. They're they very have lucky. all of these pieces. We just don't know how to use them. We yeah. can't hit. Yeah, our pitching's great, but like I said, you know, Stan is swinging at bullshit. We have all this. We have all this. These bullpen arms, but it's getting overworked because we can't. Yet we can't get six. We can't get six innings out of most of our starters, dog. Yeah, like we should yeah. be able to get at least six. Like at some point, we got to say we got to look at I don't know someone like Tyone or Michael King and say, "Yo, I'm sorry. No matter what, even I think Michael King saying tonight, like, listen, yeah. you, you yeah. might just have to give us six. No matter what the score is, just the rest of the bullpen. Just yeah, that is, and, no, and that, knowing how no. many injuries um, the Twins have, that could actually happen. And I feel like we this, this series against the Twins might be like the get-right series. Like this would be our get-right series because I think at, who we have after this round? So the Phillies. We have the, okay, we have the Phillies who are – not the best, but see this. This is like a good uh, streak of games that we can get right if we can. Shit, if we can get four out of six, or four or five out of six, that's fine. Uh, no, Phillies. It's okay. only a uh, Phillies are weird. It's weird. We're, it's we have two, right? Yeah, we have Friday yeah. off for some reason, then Saturday, Sunday with the Phillies. I have no yeah. idea why they're. May, I don't know. Maybe that's a COVID thing. What? Yeah, also the yeah, Phillies just, had yeah, a lot of games silly. canceled early in the schedule, so it might be like that might have yeah. something to do with it. I don't know. I mean, um, one way or another, it's only going to benefit. Also, I just want to point out, the Yankees have a lot of Mondays off this season. That's I think that yeah. in the long run, that like, assuming the bat, the bats get it right, that's only going to help. 
I hope so, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, hopefully the last night was the start of something better. We got Garrett Cole and Randy Dobnak tonight. Uh, baseball's favorite Uber driver, Randy Dobnak. Stop. <laughs> I just love. I just love that story. That's, that's too funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, we do have Cole tonight. I'm sorry. I thought we had King tonight. Sorry about that. Cole tonight. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. This has been Yankees Mets Express, part of Elite Sports NY, Warwick Gaming, XL Media, and Crossing Broad. Uh, you can find us on Apple uh, and on Spotify. Go ahead and subscribe. Please give us a listen. We love listening to you guys. And we're going to hopefully have some guests on in the next uh, this coming month. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Josh B E S N Y, at Mean underscore Amin. You can find me at It's Kiyoshi, and I'm also on IG too. Hit me up there at It's Yosh. All right. So normally this is the part where I would do my spiel. Thanks for listening. Blah blah blah. Brooklyn Nets NBA gentrification. Blah blah Let's blah. Let's go Brooklyn. Same. I've got to. I've got to give credit where it's due. They've just. They've been. We're the greatest team uh, of all time. Oh, sorry, okay. not no, sorry. No, no, you are not yeah, the Showtime okay. Lakers. Sorry. Just stop. You, stop. you guys stop. inherited a oh, great team. Let's so calm down. Bad. You guys oh. inherited a great team. Me, how is me saying that? Revive, um, uh, what's his name, Blake Griffin's career. So how is me saying the Brooklyn Nets aren't the Showtime Lakers, me being mad? That's me being right. Go, Brooklyn. Go, Brooklyn. Go. And with that, lead is muted. And as always, folks, stand clear of the closing doors. Dame Lou, please come to the next, please. We'll do your right, baby. We love you.